I would like to now for us to welcome, we're going to have four very special sisters and I'm so proud of each of them. And we're going to begin with Krista and then we're going to have Shanice, Ruthie and end with Priscilla. Let's give it up for our fabulous sister friends. meeting in one place, one love, one family. Um, you guys, it's just so absolutely amazing. Like Sonia said, faith building, inspiring, um, you know, um, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, I'm just going to go ahead and jump on in here. Um, there are a few things that I learned uh, while I was there um, that I really just want to incorporate to um, my daily life. Um, and one of the first things is from Dr. Leanne Kernan. Um, and the, the lesson was entitled Women of the Spirit. Um, so if you guys can turn to Luke 10, 38 through 42. Um, and the, the question that was asked the question that was asked was, are we filled with the spirit of God or are we filled with the spirit of stress? So, okay, so I'm going to read this real quick. Uh, as, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Um, so uh, this is a, you know, scripture that, that we have all gone over, and we all, you know, we've heard it, we've seen it. Um, but there's a couple of things that I thought were really interesting is that Martha, she wasn't doing anything wrong. She was prepping for Jesus. You know, she wanted to make sure that everything was put into order. Everything was right where it needed to be. The, you know, the bread was put out and the, you know, water was on the table and she was getting ready for Jesus. Like, this is super exciting, but she was just a little stressed out. So she's like, Jesus, here Mary is just sitting here and I'm running around doing all the work. Like, tell her to help me it's help me you know it's a little ridiculous I so I like feel her like yeah you know what you're right Martha you tell tell Jesus but wait it's like wait hold on you know <laughs> um so um Martha she just wanted to honor Jesus which isn't bad in itself however Jesus he didn't come 
to be served. He came to serve. Um, you know, when he says, Martha, Martha, he didn't say it like, oh, Martha, Martha, like, come on now. No, he said it in pity and love. He said it because he wanted her to understand, no, come and come and be served. Don't, you don't need to serve me. Um, then the, one of the second things that um, uh, was brought up is the 80-20 rule, which I didn't, I didn't understand it completely. I'm going to read it from my phone. Um, so what it is, is 20% of your activities will account for 80% of your results. So if we prioritize 20% of our life and devotion, 80% of the result will be from that 20. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, I hope that makes sense. Okay, so like we need to pr prioritize what's important, prioritize God. And the way we do that is by feeding the spirit. Um, and yeah. Then, um, so uh, the second thing that I am going to go through is from, uh, from a lesson entitled Kindle the Spirit. And this is from um, Mike Underhill, uh, who's the evangelist of the Honolulu um, ICC. So he said that there are, I think there, there are four different types of love. How many are there? Yeah. Four different types of love. So he said, there is one more that we need to adopt. It's the fifth love, which is called the Aloha spirit. Okay. And I just want to go over what the Aloha spirit is with you guys. So the, the spirit of Aloha, meaning one of them is, I'm not going to try to pronounce, you know, the names of these things because I'll butcher them. So the first thing is, is kindness. So it's to be expressed with tenderness. The second thing is unity, to be expressed with harmony. The third thing, meaning agreeable, to be expressed with pleasantness. Humility, to be expressed with modesty. And patience, to be expressed with perseverance. So I thought that that was kind of interesting uh, just because we say, you know, I love you, I agape you, but do you aloha me? Do you love me with that deep of a love? Patientness, you know, patience, humility. Like that's, that's just really special. So that's something that I really wanted to think about. So um, in... Uh, in his lesson, he went over um, being, being lukewarm, you guys. Um, and this has been something that I've struggled with. So real quick, um, I'm going to go to Revelation. It's Revelation 3, uh, 14. So to the, uh, okay, to the church, to the angel of the church in Las, uh, Laodicea, uh, right. These are the words of the amen, 
the faithful and the true witness, the ruler of God and creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are uh, wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. So, it, you know, God says that he loves and rebukes and disciplines so that we are earnest to repent. Um, so that's, that's something I thought was really interesting. Uh, you know, Jesus, there's another scripture in, hold on, I got it on the front of here. Second Thessalonians one, six, it says, no, no, no. I lied. Luke 12, 49. It says, I have come to bring fire on the, on earth and how I wish it were already kindled. So God doesn't want us to be lukewarm for him. He wants us to be on fire for him, you guys. Uh, so my charge for you is remember to be on fire for God, love God, remember what it's about. It's about his family. It's about him. Uh, love God, love others. Thank you. Hello, lovely ladies. <laughs> uh, so I just want to just, just thank God for just having the opportunity just to go to Hawaii. Like I was able to save up. I was like, it's going to be the time of my birthday. Like there's no way I can't go to Hawaii conference and like have an awesome spiritual time with disciples from all over the world that aren't just like of my local church, but from everywhere, you know, and I'm just super thankful for that opportunity. And like the title of my charge is we must kindle the spirit, not quench the spirit. Um, so the spirit that we all receive can be restrained due to our sin, lack of love, and unfaithfulness. And we can read that in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. I'm going to get my Bible because I left it. Okay, and it reads, do not quench the spirit. Do not treat, oh yeah, do not quench the spirit. That was it. <laughs> and lucky this, lucky this year is the year of the spirit, you know? Uh, so I see it as this year is gonna be an amazing year to accomplish so much for God, but not by our own strength, but by the spirit that God attended it for us to have, you know? Like, how dare we work with our own strength? Do we not, do we, did we forget how weak we were? You know, the reason why we needed salvation, the reason why we needed God is because we were so weak. Like, we fell into sin over and over and over again because we couldn't do it with our own strength. But then we forgot about that the minute we were saved. We were like, oh, like, this is amazing. We could do this and that. And we forgot it was due to God's spirit and not our own and not of our own, you know? And we can see that in Galatians 5, 17. Yeah. And it reads, for the flesh desired what is contrary to the spirit 
and the spirit what is contrary to flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. So reading this, it shows like our mind is always in constant battle with our spirit. But yet we always want to choose what our mind says besides what the spirit is clearly telling us to do. It's tugging us. It's tugging us. Go right. And we're like, no, Lord, we're going to go left. And then we fall in our face all over again. And we're just like, why? And in reality, it's just not going to cut it if we're not going by the spirit. Um, and it also boils down to one question. Why was Jesus so powerful? It's like we forget this one practical prayer. Our relationship with God is all that really matters when we pray and go through our scriptures. Like every disciple know, this is the first study we go through, seeking God with all of our heart. Why? Because we need him. Um, and through scriptures, we can see like, what are we really devoting ourselves to if it's not prayer? If every decision we're making doesn't start off with God, then what are we doing? We're just going by our own strength once again. And Jesus prayed all night. It's shown in the scripture around three, three times he's prayed and he devoted to prayer instead of sleep because he knew how much he needed God, his father. And if Jesus, who was perfect, needed to pray and pray, how much more of our weak spirit itself needs God through prayer. And I can testify this, what choosing sleep over my quality of uh, prayer. Cause I'm like, no, that extra 10 minutes is gonna go a long way. It didn't go anywhere. It just made me groggy and more tired and late for work. <laughs> That's all it did. <laughs> so I'm just super thankful for God, just like, uh, showing us like how much prayer is needed because how much we fall short every time we don't go to him, you know? Um, and because we don't choose prayer and times we don't, we constrain our spirit. We just, we don't lose our spirit. He's not going to take it at an instant, but he's like, you're losing me. You're losing me. You're losing me. Come back and I will fill you with much love. So I just wanna uh, provide you with three practicals that I learned from the conference. Uh, so one is, remember, no amount of good deeds can compare to the lack of prayer. Deeds on top of deeds and top of deeds mean absolutely nothing if our love for God isn't above it all. And ignite your openness, be open, literally with God and then your sister. Because if they can't help you be held accountable, then all you're going to do is just fall away. Let's just be honest with ourselves because we're going to hold it deep down, constraining our spirits, constraining ourselves, and then lose our relationship with God that we wanted for so long when we were in the world. And the last one is just never lose sight of why we're all here in the first place. And that's it. Okay, greetings from Hawaii. Um, everything in the conference was amazing. Um, I learned so much and I hope that what I learned I can um, 
thank you. Um, what I learned, I hope I can um, like go over the scriptures even more and um, deepen my relationship with God with it. Um, so I'm just going to be going over, uh, three days. Those are my three points and, um, going over like little tidbits that I learned from it. Um, the title of the uh, conference was Kindle the Spirit, uh, which is in Luke 12, 49. And it says, uh, I have come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. Right. Um, and so I had a lot of mm moments too <laughs> in the conference. So these are my mm moments, right? Okay, so Thursday, um, we it was a Bible talk day. And so could you turn to Ephesians 1? Uh, Ephesians 1, 15 through uh, 19. And it says, for this reason... Ever since I have heard about your faith in the in Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped thank, not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope of, to which he has called you and the riches of his glory, glorious inheritance um, in his holy people right? So um, it says that the riches are inside of us, right? And the riches is the power of God. And um, the, uh, the point I have, one of the little tidbits I have, is that we can um, have dynamite impact with the power of God. Um, moving on to the next scripture. So we can go to Ephesians, to Ephesians, Ephesians 6, um, verse 18. And it says, um, and pray in the spirit on all occasions, all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always be, um, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Um, so it says, just because you pray doesn't mean you're praying in the spirit. Like, do you have like petty prayers? Right. And it says, um, do you rely on the power of God? Do you have, do you uh, have, do you break through walls and tap into the power of God every day? Um, and are you desperate for the power of God? Right. Um, and at the uh, end of the day, um, end of that uh, Thursday, uh, one of the ladies, uh, Mary Santos, she, um, uh, can we, if we can turn to uh, Deuteronomy 17, uh, 18 through 19. Um, it says, uh, talking about the king, when uh, the Israelites do get a king, it says, when uh, he takes the throne of, of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of, of, his, of this law taken from that of the Levitical priest. It is to be with him and he is to read it all the days of his life so that he may learn to revere the Lord, his God, and follow carefully all the words of this law and these decrees. Um, so she is writing the Bible, you guys. She's writing the Bible herself in a journal by hand. Um, and she's only done the New Testament and it's taken her four years. So it's just like, if we're holy and we're like queens, 
we should be pouring over the scripture just like how she's pouring over scripture and writing it, right? So Friday, <laughs> the next day, so the beginning of <laughs> it, all right? So the title, um, this is Chris, not his last name, but the title of his lesson was, are you filled with the um, spirit um, or filled with yourself? And then um, if you can turn to uh, John uh, 14 for me and... Uh, 15 through 17 and it says uh, if you love me keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you right? So Jesus was the advocate for us, but the Holy Spirit replaced him as our advocate, right? And um, uh, Chris talked about uh, Acts. Acts is really the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostle, right? Jesus is only Jesus was only mentioned four times in Acts and the Holy Spirit was mentioned 56 over 56 times, right? So if we drop down uh, to 26 in the same chapter, verse 26, it says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So it shows that the Holy Spirit is our teacher, right? And if we ignore the Holy Spirit, um, it doesn't do us any good, right? So if we can turn to Luke 4, verse 1, uh, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. If we drop down to verse 14 it says Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and the news of him spread about through the whole countryside and if we go down to verse 18 it says the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind to uh, set the oppressed free so um, his point was, uh, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do we need it, right? And his question was, um, is the Holy Spirit present today in our church as it was in the 21st century church, right? So going to Saturday <laughs> in the woman's session, Leanne, right? She was great. She was very passionate, very good. So um her title, again, was Are You Full of the Spirit um, of God or Full of the Spirit of Stress, right? And some tip, she said that Satan uh, wants to choke the spirit out of you. Um, and in um, uh, Mike's lesson, um, he said that um, Satan wants to make us lukewarm so that God will spit us out. Like Adam and Eve, he made them sin and they were kicked out, you know? Um, so if we can turn to Luke 10, again, um, verse uh, 38 through uh, 42, um, 
it says, and as Jesus and his disciples were on his way, he came to the village, came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that he had to, that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. That's kind of what we ended. I wanted to reiterate. Um, and then Jesus said, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Uh, so Martha, uh, Martha opened her home to Jesus because she recognized that he was the son of God. So she also was, um, uh, you know, uh, searching after Jesus and recognizing him. And then, um, you know, his response was out of pitying love, right? Um, but Mar Mary chose the word and uh, Martha chose the world, right? It says that God, uh, God has <laughs> to be the center, um, not urgency, right? And then Satan's greatest weapon is distraction, right? Um, I think that's all I have time for. Okay. Um, okay, so. <laughs> okay, well, I'm really grateful to have gone to the conference. <laughs> really grateful to have gone. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of powerful preaching. And just to see, like, the different disciples come out, um, to see, like, people that I recognize from ICLS in Miami, that was really cool. And then even to go on a kingdom date with, like, some other brothers local brothers so it was a lot of fun it was really empowering but um one of the things that I took away from it um it's entitled taking ownership of your spiritual strength and it's it talks about um that how it's our responsibility to take a stance on our faith and um like if anyone knows me well knows that I've kind of struggled with certain convictions in my walk and um before I went on the trip it was like one random day I went to campus and I was confronted like three different times by three different disciples. And they all asked, like addressed like that situation. One sister was like, oh, how are you, how's your conviction on this? And then another brother was like, oh, how's your faith going? Like, you know, trying to spark some conversation. And then another sister was like, oh, you know, the thing you struggle with, how are you, like, how's it going now? And I was like, wow, like I felt really, con yes. Um, and I felt really confronted by God. And so when I went to the, um, the trip and then I heard, this was the first lesson that really kind of like provoke that again and meet like um I, that resurfaced and um one thing that he said he said borrowing other um are you taking ownership of your faith or are you borrowing other people's faith and I was like wow like for him to put it into those words I was like well, I really felt that and um he said borrowing other people's faith is temporary if you don't take ownership you will fall away and um I was just like wow because I really felt like like that put into words what I've been feeling for a while, like just borrowing other people's convictions, borrowing other people's faith, like doing things, but am I truly believing what I'm doing? 
And I've noticed and I realized like, you know, it, this is a really dangerous position to be in. And for a while, I felt like, you know, I, I wasn't taking this seriously. It was just, you know, I'm not being, um, what am I doing about my uncertainties and my faith? And um, it hit me even more um, during the banquet dinner. Um, this was, he's another like um, preaching. And ironically, I didn't have my notebook with me, but I remember what he said, because I was like, God is speaking to me. And he was talking about um, somebody, you know, just with an example of somebody um, that, wasn't, that wasn't letting go of their sin. And he was saying like, um, what the person would be saying, like, oh, you know, um, I'm, I'm doing better. Like, I'm, I'm growing, I'm progressing, um, I'm doing better with this. But then he was like, when it comes to sin, there's no progressing, there's no um, getting better, there's no growing, you just repent. Like, you can't just, and I was just like, wow, like, God, like, I literally out loud under my breath, I was like, wow, <laughs> like, that's me. Like, that's what I can, like, when it comes to like, this certain thing that I struggle with, I'm just like, oh, well, I'm doing better, I'm progressing, I'm like, I'm, I'm learning more or whatever, but it's like, if I'm not fully resolved, is it truly repentance yet? And so, and so yeah, that really um, stuck deeply with me. And I'm really grateful for the sisters and people that have kept me accountable in this area too. Um, but yeah, one thing I, like I took from that is like, we can't coddle our sin. Um, if you coddle yourself with your sin, it's, um, you know, it's just gonna like get to a point where it could take you away. So, and another um, thing that I took away was from Mike Underhill. It's called Kindle the Spirit. Um, so let's turn to Luke eleven twenty four 24 real quick, and I'll just read it. It says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places, seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. And so he used the scripture and then he basically, he was just like, disciples can still be demon possessed. And I was like, whoa, what? And then he went on, he explained, he says, the house looks clean is you. When you study the Bible and you repent of your sins and you um, have a clear conscience before God, um, your house is swept clean, your temple. And when you get the Holy Spirit, that's Jesus residing in you. So you have the house swept clean and um, Jesus is residing in you. And then at some point, and all the demons that once um, had a hold on you, the demons of masturbation, the de demons of um, laziness, whatever, et cetera, like those all had a, ho a hold of you, but those were cast out because Jesus came in and we had the Holy Spirit. And then at some point, those demons try to come back. And if they come back and see that the house is empty, you're prey, you're perfect target. And so the question is, when is your house empty? And based, like, if it's empty, that means Jesus is not in there anymore. And that's when you're lukewarm. It's lukewarmness. Yeah. And in Revelations 3, 14 through 22, it talks about um, Jesus is knocking on the door. And he's knocking on the door because he was no longer inside of it. And I was like, wow, like, that is so powerful. Because um, when you have, when you're lukewarm, Jesus will not kindle that spirit. He won't, he won't kindle a lukewarm spirit. And I was like, wow. And so um, in order for us to be cured from our sin, we have to be really open. And Mark 9, um, he was talking about how Jesus called the spirit, the impure spirit out by its name. He said, you deaf and, um, and mute spirit. So are we calling out our demons by name, whether it be laziness, um, lack of discipline, whatever. Call out your sins by name, be open about it. And um, 
Yeah, and he said that these hard, look, some of these demons are hard to cast out. He said in Mark 9, um, these can only come out through prayer and fasting. And so are there any sins in your life that you feel like you're having a hard time? It's like a constant cycle. I know for me, this one thing that I struggle with, it's like, I feel like it's, it's a constant cycle. And so I'm really grateful for the people who have challenged me about praying, praying and fasting. But if, this, if it's something that like you haven't been able to take a hold of, have you tried praying and fasting? about it with faith as well um and then if i have time i'll do another one um i'll do leanne's everyone talked about leanne's so let's see um i really liked what she said um she kind of encouraged us after her message about mary and martha i really enjoyed that because um she talked about prioritizing what was important rather than what's urgent. And I feel like I can really relate to that. Like you can get really distracted with the, with the, the daily things, cleaning, cooking, whatever, especially for the older women who have like husbands and who have kids and who have to host a lot and stuff. Like it's very easy for them to get, I'm sure it could, it could be hard for them to um, sometimes prioritize their times with God. And so she just kind of reinforced that to um, prioritize what's important, not what's urgent. And she also said, um, so God, um, God's work is obstructed when we think badly about ourselves. The Holy Spirit is grieved. So she gave us like an analogy, like what if every bad thing you said, like every thought in your head and every bad thing that you said about yourself was like a living person. Like there's another you and it's every bad thing that you say about yourself. And it's all those bad thoughts. Would you want her to like go and talk to your neighbor would you want her to go and talk to your mom or your dad or anybody in the church and so she said like if we're ever tempted to say something really negative about ourselves the practical is to do what the psalms do and end it with a positive like um you know i'm going through a lot but god is in control something like that for example and that's all yeah.